I want to look now at Exodus chapter 29. We are in the last week of a seven-week series entitled We, and it's been a series all about relationships. And today I do want to talk specifically to parents, but not just parents. If, if you in any way have some kind of level of influence over younger people, whether you're a teacher or an uncle, aunt, um, big brother, big sister, if, if you're influencing people that are younger than you, and, and of course if you're a parent, I want to speak to you today, and I want to believe that the Spirit of God is going to give us some incredible things. This is Exodus 29, 29. Aaron's sacred garments must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him. So watch what, there's a, there's a generational passing of the baton. The garments were his priestly garments, that, that what Aaron had, he's now going to give to the next generation. And they will wear them. And I want you to notice that they will wear them when they're anointed and ordained. The descendant who succeeds him as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle and the holy place. Think about that again. Must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him. They will wear them. And I want to talk uh, today from the idea what every child needs what every child needs. Let's pray. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts now, that you would anoint me to preach. Anoint me, Father, I pray right now to preach your word. Anoint all of us to hear your word, that our lives would never be the same, but it wouldn't just end with us. It wouldn't just end in our life, but it would affect the next generation. Pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Over and over again, God refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our God is a God of generations. Our God is a generational God. He is always thinking about the future. What he does in our life, he expects us to pass down to the next generation. Never forget this phrase. We say it a lot around here. God thinks in threes. God thinks in threes. You, your children, and your children's children. You, your children, and your children's children. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What is on you will be passed on to your children. God tells Aaron here in Exodus 29 that his children will wear his garments. That we choose to pass on blessing or curses, positive or negative, good or bad, faith or doubt, possibilities or impossibilities. But whatever we wear, whatever we carry, whatever our lifestyle is going to be passed on, to the next generation. And maybe you're saying, well, yeah, Jabin, but that was, that was Aaron. He was a priest. But let me remind you that Peter now in the New Testament says that we are all a royal priesthood. We're a peculiar people. We're a holy nation. That we are the priesthood of God. And in the same way that Aaron passed things on to his children, we now pass things on to our children. I, I want you to think about this. They're gonna, they're gonna wear it. 
Did, did you see that in the scripture? They will, they will wear them. Our, our kids will pick up what we teach them. They, they will end up wearing what we pass on to them. And this is a great responsibility, but it is the responsibility of every Christian parent. Maybe you're listening to me right now going, man, this, this, is, this is a lot. This is, I kind of feel like this is too much. This is, this is kind of heavy. Let me just tell you something, friend. What, what our world needs and what our nation needs is Christian parents that will boldly raise their children in the things of God. So I entitled this message, What Every Child Needs, because there are values and practices that your child needs from you that will literally change their life. I want you to think about this. It's going to change their life. It's going to, it's going to change generations to come. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're the first Christian in your family, or, or maybe there's dozens in your bloodline. Either way, the, the things that we pass on to our children matter. And the first thing that, that our children need from us is a faith in God. A strong faith in God. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Now, the first thing that Paul says, he says, Timothy, you have a sincere faith. Now catch this, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. So, so catch this, we have Lois, Eunice, Timothy. God thinks in threes. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God thinks in threes. Lois, Eunice, and now Timothy. So Paul says, you have a sincere faith, but it first lived in your grandmother Lois, and then it lived in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now, lives in you also. Notice that faith is a living thing. It's not rigid and cold. It's living and it's active. It, it, it is alive and it, it lives in us. Faith is transferable. Faith is generational. And faith is alive. Faith is transferable, generational, and alive. Your life of faith is being passed on to your children. It is. The scripture says, teach your children the way that they should go, so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. So even if your kids rebel for a season, even if your kids walk away from the kingdom for a season, we believe that our faith is being deposited in them and can actually bring them back into the kingdom of God. We, we ought to sow seeds of faith constantly into our children. Living faith, transferable faith, generational faith. Remember again, Exodus 29, our children are gonna wear our garments. We must pass on to them the things of faith and the things of God. Because the reality is we're going to pass something on to them. We, we, we need to pass on the, the faith that we walk and the values that we live and the words that we speak. Your, your children are watching the faith that you walk, the values that you live, and the words that you speak. They're, they're picking it up. They're, 
They're catching it. They're, they're sensing it. They're seeing it. They, they may tell you, they may not. Our children need to hear us pray. They need to see us reading the scripture. They need to know that church is non-negotiable. They need to experience a transformed life. That when we walk in faith, we are passing something down. While our children are forming their own faith, they must experience our faith. While they're growing in their own faith, while they're forming their own faith, while they're, while they're deciding their own journey of faith, they must experience our faith. And whether they look interested or not, or whether they're acting like they care or not, I promise you, there is a transfer happening. And we know this in the negative, don't we? You know, it's, it's rare to just see someone just become an addict that doesn't come from a family of addicts. Usually if you see someone addicted to alcohol, it was in their parents and it was in their aunts and uncles and it was in their grandparents and it was in their great-grandparents and on and on. So in the negative, it's usually the same way. And in the spirit, it's the same way, that there's something that we can pass on. Something that we're passing on in our lifeline. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 9, whatever you have learned, received, heard, or seen, put it into practice. Learned, received, heard, and seen, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Let me, let, me just, let me just say this. Our kids are learning from us. They're receiving from us. They're hearing from us. And they're seeing in us. So they got their eyes on us. They got their ears on us. They're, they're receiving something. They got their heart on us. They're learning. They're, they're, they're checking us out. Paul, Paul was so confident in his own character that he said, you can learn from me. Put, it in, put, put my life into practice in your life. Could, could we say that to our children? We must pass on a strong faith. I, I've just decided in my own life that I'm gonna pass something on to my daughter. I might as well pass on faith. If I can teach her to believe God, if I can teach her to trust God, if I can teach her to stand on the promises of God, if I can teach her to rely on God, I know that I've absolutely set her up for success in life. What else do our children need from us? They need discipline. Discipline is a gift that we give our children. Proverbs 13, 24 says that those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now I'm gonna read that same verse in the message paraphrase. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Let me just say this to you, friend. No is a gift. Boundaries are a gift. Structure 
is a gift. And I know that we can feel really bad about giving our kids any form of discipline. But I want to tell you, it will, it will only help them. And the, the scripture says that if, if we don't discipline our children, we're hating them. Well, it's not that we hate our kids, but we're, we're treating them poorly. We're treating them as if we hate them. N- none of you watching this right now hate your children. But if you refuse to discipline your children, you're treating them as if you hate them. But when you bring discipline and structure and order and some no's into their life, it's a sign of love. They may, they may not feel that way in the moment. That's okay. You may not feel like doing it in the moment. That's okay. But it is, it is helping them. I've always said this. If you will be a parent to your children when they're young, you get to be their friend when they're old. If, if you'll parent them now, you get to be their friend later. But if you try to befriend your children too young and you never parent them, you're, you're not going to parent them or be their friend. There, there is something about structure that your kids desperately need and desire. Now, now let me just give you a newsflash. Let me talk to younger parents with younger kids. Your kids are smart. I don't know if you know this yet. They're, they're smart. They don't necessarily know that they're like manipulating you. They don't maybe know the, the verbiage, but they know that they can do certain things to get what they want. They, they know it. So don't fall for it. You, you've got to be disciplined in your discipline. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll see parents uh, count to three to their kids. I don't know who made that up, but that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. One, two, Johnny, two, you know. Well, if, if you're counting to three, your son or daughter knows they have till three. So you don't give them three. You bring correction quickly. You don't, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be emotional. But if, but if your child knows that you're going to count to three. Well, they're going to push it to three. If your child knows that you're only really serious when you start screaming, well, then they're going to push it till you start screaming. And now we have an unhealthy form of communication. If, if they learn that if they can throw a fit and you give in, they're going to quickly learn that and they're going to start throwing a fit. That's, that's the way that they get what they want. Okay, I, I've learned that if I cry and freak out and scream and holler, in the aisles of Target, I'm, I'm going to get that gift. I'm going to get that toy. I'm going to get that snack. So, so we teach it to them. And usually what happens, the, the reason that it's so challenging is at home, you give in a lot quicker because you're, you're just not thinking as much at home. So the home becomes very unstructured. Then you get out in public and you go, man, why is this kid acting up? Well, they act up at home too. You just, you didn't have to really put boundaries on at home. And that's why at home it is very important to have structure, bedtimes, dinner times, lunch times, when we do homework, when we watch TV, when we're allowed to have screen time, when we play, when we do this, when we do it. We've got to give our kids structure because it's going to help them. I'm not talking about being harsh. I'm not talking about being mean or angry. I'm talking about the gift 
of discipline. Disciplining your child is hard, but it is a sign of love when done in love. And if you give in to them acting out, you are teaching them a character flaw that will hurt them when they're older. Because as adults, they're not going to be able to just throw a fit and get what they want. So you want to teach them young. You know, I've never, I've never had to spank our daughter. Because as a, as a very young child, we, would, we were just so clear about no. And then if we ever needed to, we'd give her one of these right there, that hard. But when you're, you know, one and a half, two, it's like, that's a big deal, you know. No, don't do that. Well, she learned. So we never had to spank. We never had to scream. We never had to count to three. We just, we were clear and we didn't back down and we didn't, and we didn't give in. And I know you're tired and I know you're working and I know, but I'm telling you, if you really love your children, you will be focused in your discipline. Here's, here's a few things that you need to remember. Never discipline when you're angry. If you're really angry with your kid, get away. Send them to their room, split up for a moment, calm down, and then bring the discipline. Do not match your child's emotion. Never match your child's emotion. Never, never, you know, you're 30 and your child's four. Never act like a four-year-old. Calm down. And then be consistent. They need to know that your yes is your yes and your no is your no. That's what Jesus said. He said, do not swear. He said, do not swear. He said, just your yes is your yes and your no is your no. Your kids need to know that your yes is your yes and your no is your no. And you're just clear on that. And they, they, they can try to fight you all day long, but you're going to be resolute. Never discipline when you're angry. Never match your child's emotion. And be consistent. Your, your child needs structure. Number three. We have to give our children words of life. What do children need? They need words of life. Words are powerful. Words matter. Words carry spiritual power. Proverbs 18, 21, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words carry power. Jesus said that we would be judged for our idle words. Uh, this word for idle is just lazy, just unthoughtful, unintentional, lazy words. We must be very intentional with our words. Um, Goldie and I went to Starbucks the other day and uh, we were pulling out and when we were reversing, there was a person parked right behind us in the fire lane so I, so I couldn't get out. So uh, the, the one person, the driver, ran inside Starbucks to grab the drink and the wife or the girlfriend, whatever, was in the passenger seat. And so I couldn't back out. So I got out of the car and I walked up to the window and I said, hi, can you move your car? You know, and I wanted to be rude, but I just, hi, can you move your car? 
And man, she came bursting out of that car, F this, F that, blankety blank, blank, blank. And I didn't yell back, but I just, I kind of matched that crazy lady's energy. And I said, so you're gonna move your car or not? You're yelling at me, but are you gonna move your car? You know, I was just being a little sarcastic. And uh, I, it, I wasn't sinful, but it was just idle. It was just, it was just lazy. I could have been more strategic. Well, I got in the car. She ended up moving the car, cursing me out, flipping me off, doing the whole thing. I end up pulling out. Goldie doesn't say a word. So we get into the church offices and she goes and tells the team, yeah, my, my dad was talking to this lady in the parking lot. She was real mad and he sounded mad too. She didn't say anything to me, but she told the team. And then she tells her mom, yeah, dad, you know, dad got in an argument in the parking lot with some lady. And, you know, it wasn't sinful. I didn't cuss. I didn't curse. I wasn't rude. I was just, it was just idle. I just didn't need to do it. I could have just, I could have been a lot calmer and cooler. Jesus said, we're going to be judged for our lazy words. I want, I want to challenge parents. Be careful how you speak in front of your children. Speak words of life. And not, not just refuse words of death, but even just refuse those idle words. I love Genesis 49, verse 28. The scripture says, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them. Now, what the father said to them are the verses before 28. When he blessed them, giving each person the blessing appropriate to him. So Jacob takes his 12 sons, the 12 sons of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and he blesses them specifically. He gives each son a blessing appropriate to him. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. He gives them each a tailor-made blessing. And you can read, he, he grabs one son, he gives him a tailor-made blessing. He grabs the next son, gives him a tailor-made blessing. He grabs the next son, gives him a tailor-made. It was, it's so powerful. And as a parent, there is something powerful about speaking blessings that are appropriate to each child. Because you know and I know that if you've got, whether you've got one kid, you know, two kids, five kids, whatever, each kid is going to be very different. They're going to have different strengths, different weaknesses, and they're going to need different words, blessings appropriate to them. Jacob gave each son a specific blessing. So it's very important that you do this with your kids. Things like, like I love when you do this. Hey, I, I, I love when, when you make art. You're so good at, at that. Man, I love watching you play ball. I just, man, you're amazing out on the field. Man, it's so, it's so special to me when, when, when you help around the house, when you, when you do this. Uh, thank you for, for getting your homework done and working hard at school. Whatever it is, you, you, you learn to give Hey, man, I noticed you're, you got a tender heart in worship. That was really cool. It just, just blessed me today to watch you worship. Whatever it might be, you, you speak specific blessings over your kids. Now, it's amazing because after Jacob gives them all these specific blessings, 
Verse 29, Jacob then gives them instructions. So I want you to catch this. He gives them blessings and instructions. Parents, we've got to give our children blessings and instructions. If we only speak blessing over our children, they're going to be weak. But if we only speak instruction over our children, they're going to be wounded. So we've got to give them blessing and instruction. Blessing and instruction. Blessing and instruction. And we're doing both. Jacob did both. He gave them very specific, beautiful blessings, but then he gave them clear instructions. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Every parent in the room needs to know this. You've got to know this. That you are a prophet to your children. You must speak words of blessing and prophesy over your children. Speak words of life. Speak into their future. That, that's all prophecy is. Around here we, we say prophecy is future talk. Just speak into their future. Speak into their destiny. Speak into what God could do in their life. It'll be awkward at first. It might feel a little bit humbling. Your, your kids may not know how to receive it. You may not know how to give it. It'll take time to learn, but you must do it. Your kids need it and are listening even if they are acting like they're not. I said they need it and they're listening even if they act like they're not. I do this with Goldie. Every night before we go to bed, I, I pray for her, but then we go through affirmations. I'm beautiful. I'm loved. And she says it after me. I'm loved. I'm gonna change the world. People are, are drawn to me. I'm a blessing wherever I go. I'm, I'm an encourager. I go through all these different things with her and I'm speaking these things over and I tell her, Goldie, I want you to say that about yourself because I want you to believe it because I believe it and God believes it. Speaking words of life. You do have to give your kids boundaries, but you must also give them possibilities. So of course our kids need boundaries. I just talked about discipline and, you know, we... We say boundaries like, you know, look both ways before you cross the road and don't talk to strangers. Don't do drugs. Don't hang out with the wrong crowd, whatever. We, we have to give our kids boundaries, but we must also give them possibilities. We gotta give them words of life. I love you. Dream big. I bless you. You can do it. You're gonna change the world. Take courage. You're beautiful. Try out for that team. You're handsome. Ask them out on a date. You're talented. I'm proud of you. Your kids do not need less encouragement. They need more encouragement. Lastly, what do our children need from us? They need prayers of faith. Prayers of faith. Psalm 66 verse 19 in the Amplified said, but certainly God has heard me. Watch this. God has heard me. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. God is paying attention to the voice of my prayer. God expects to hear your prayers and your children must hear you pray. Talking about prayers of faith. Your children will not remember all that you say and they will not remember all that you pray, but they will remember how they felt when you prayed for them. 
the voice of your prayer. Well, I was thinking about a prayer. No, 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 you don't, we don't think prayers, we say prayers. We don't feel prayers, we say prayers. Romans chapter 10, we, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. We believe deep down inside, but we speak it out. And we don't ever separate those two. We don't just believe in our heart. We don't just say with our mouth. We believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth. This is how we pray. There's something supernatural about the voice of your prayer. And God needs to hear the voice of your prayer and your children need to hear the voice of your prayer. Pray before school. Pray on the drive to school. Pray. It could be 10 seconds, but pray. Pray before they go to bed. Lay your hands on them and speak a blessing. Pray around the dinner table before you eat the meal. Pray when they have a big event coming up or a sporting event or they're in a school play or they've got a big test coming up. Pray for them. Pray. Get, get your kids thinking about prayer and be a person of prayer. And let your kids know that if they need prayer, they can go to you for prayer. Paul said, don't worry about anything, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Teach your children to pray about everything. Prayers that move mountains. Prayers that push back darkness. Prayers that heal, prayers that deliver, prayers that reveal. Our God hears and answers prayer. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. If your kid opens up to you and is burdened about something, pray for them. They tell you about a relationship, something going on at school, pray for them. You know something big's going on, coming up, pray for them. Pray about everything. Because it's not just that you're praying. They're going to wear that garment of prayer. They're going to wear that one day. Aaron, one day your children are going to wear the garments that you're wearing. Pass it on. Pass on those words of life so they can speak words of life over their kids. Pass on those, those powerful prayers of faith so they can pass it on to their kids. Pass on that life of faith. Pass on that discipline. Pass on that structure. Pass on that truth. Pass on that love. Because one day they're going to wear it. And then one day the garments that they wear, they're going to pass on to their children. Living faith. Living faith. You have what it takes, parents. You have what it takes. You have what it takes, single mom. You have what it takes, single dad. You have what it takes, stepmom, stepdad. You have what it takes, aunt, uncle. You have what it takes, grandparent that's now in custody. You have what it takes. That garment's gonna be passed on and we can pass on a garment of faith to the next generation. We can pass on priestly garments, not garments of shame and religion Addiction, fear. We're going to pass on the garment of faith. Changing generations to come. 
Everything that God has promised you will never happen in your lifetime. It's too big for that, but it will happen in your life line. Jesus' name. I pray for you. I pray for your children. Pray for your families. I pray that God would bless families today. Pray that God would heal families today. I pray that God would protect families today. Pray that God would bring supernatural help and deliverance today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you've never given your life to Christ, pray this prayer with me. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Everyone together say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have an incredible week. Pray that the Lord would bless you, keep you, make his face to shine on you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week.